Alrighty, and that is an intro to what is episode 164, uh, which, you know, I was like looking at that number and I kept thinking about Crayola crayons and how you get 64 and then 128 was like the ultra mega box. And then I kept thinking that like maybe there was 160. No, don't laugh at me. There was like there was an ultra mega box that 128 crayons. I swear to you. Oh, Dude, weird so names. I'll, I'll show how old we are because I remember <laughs> how like that mega box that you're talking about. It was a big deal that there was a macaroni and cheese color. Macaroni and cheese. Robin's egg Great blue. Color. Oh, it's so good. And, and I think it even had the built in sharpener in the back. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. So, you know, um, uh, that's what today's episode is going to be about, crayons. <laughs> um, but no, we're super pumped. Uh, we've got our friend RB, and uh, they're hanging out with us, and it's kind of super cool because uh, they just, like, came off of this Ultra Mega Tour sort of thing uh, <laughs> that actually included this band that's on my hat here. You're you turning it the it. wrong way. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. I still don't know what way things go, but... Um, <laughs> What an incredible, uh, what an incredible tour that was! The Wonder Years, Spanish Love Songs, Origami Angel, and uh, of course, uh, you guys in Safe Face. So, uh, thank you so much for being on here. Um, really appreciate you taking the time to uh, chat with us, and we will, uh, we will definitely get into it. Uh, especially talk a little bit about uh, Blue Jacket Hockey because we haven't really had that opportunity very much on this show. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I love it. I'm all about it. So, uh, thanks for thanks for being with us. And uh, yeah. how's it going? How's it going? pretty good just you know really stoked to do this honestly like i feel like most of the time i'm just like that annoying person on tour who just like won't stop talking about hockey to everybody and they're just like i don't care i'm like okay sorry my bad (laughs) no listen every we we were starting to find out uh and it's taken us like 164 episodes to do it uh that like almost every band has that annoying hockey person like oh, it's, it's it's so true it's but it's awesome because um it, it's like it's like that extra added camaraderie you know like yeah absolutely. If, you're, if you're yeah if you're you know out there on, on tour let's say you're just meeting you know a bunch of bands for the first time and like you know you just casually bring up hockey and then all of a sudden you see like someone's ears perk up and you're like oh that's my guy yeah right that's my, <laughs> my guy God. or my gal or my friend for that whole tour so i love uh-huh. that so yeah. But yeah um that's you know that's a, a great parallel about you know being in this kind of alternative space is that so many people are hockey fans and uh you know we get the pleasure to kind of talk about that and explore that so um first and foremost um you know i i want to hear about some experiences uh again from this incredible tour that you you know you, you guys went on i uh was fortunate enough to see you guys uh, when you came through Orlando. Um, oh, awesome. H- hell of a performance. Um, uh, and uh, cool cool to see um, our, our friend from Scottoon come out and, uh, oh, yeah. and play with you guys. And then uh, that whole, um, you know, little thing that uh, they ended up doing where they pretended to, like, not like you guys because uh-huh. you were you were you were mean because you did you guys hated ska oh and i was god. like wait is this is this really happening and then i was like no this 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 can't actually be happening oh my god no it was I love we were in the van and like uh i don't know how we even got on it but jer was just talking about how they wanted to cancel us on the internet and i was like okay here we go <laughs> um yeah so i was like you just tell everybody that i sent you the mozzarella stick meme and everyone will be pissed about that <laughs> love it yeah um it, it really it's it's just it, it's it's so wild um but uh I, I love that kind of stuff um who was it was it um our our 
our buddies in Felicity that did something similar. Yeah, there's a, a, a local band from Orlando, this band called Felicity, who are, who are uh, awesome, really, really great band. Mm-hmm. And, and they did this whole viral thing where they pretended to kick their singer out and like have <laughs> nice. this like like horrendous like discourse about how much they they hate the guy and all this stuff and it just ended up being like a weird social media ploy but it worked uh, you know it got a lot of people chatting so yeah but, totally but um you know would would definitely love to hear a bit about um you know how that tour went i guess kind of to back it up um you know how'd you guys uh get linked up uh you know with that with that tour and and be given that opportunity to uh you know to, to go out and do that uh i mean it, it really just like it's years and years of like you know, meeting people and knowing people like the Wonder sure. Years have been very supportive of Safe Face as like an entity for a very long time. And they mm-hmm. just happened to be like looking for a band to fill that spot. And uh, someone threw our name out and <laughs> that's that was it. You know, like we that's were awesome. like, oh, absolutely. We're going to do this yeah. insane mega tour, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, why the hell not? And, and yeah. you know, some sometimes those opportunities just do kind of, um, you know, I. Like you say fall in your lap, but realistically, I'm, you know, nothing falls in your lap. I mean, right. you know, I, I know Save Face has been out there grinding for, for a really long time. So yeah. it's, it's, I guess the comeuppance, you could call it, you know, like just mm-hmm. uh, finally getting a, an opportunity to do some cool stuff. But that's not this, you know, diminish any of the opportunities that, you know, the band has had before. I, you know, I, if I recall, you guys um, went out with Mom Jeans too, right? Oh, yeah. 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 And, and yeah, and Mom Jeans, I mean, they're, you know, that's a band that, you know, this last record they just put out, uh, you know, they're, they're on that cusp. I mean, they're going right. to, they're going to be, a, yeah. they're going to be enormous. So, um, you know, definitely a great pedigree, but um, yeah. you know, from that, from that tour, I guess, uh, you know, are there any, you know, really interesting experiences that, uh, you know, the band had while they were out there and anything kind of out of the norm or, or even anything hockey related. Cause I know, I know some of the, some of the wonder dudes are, uh, I think they're more casual than anything else. Yeah. Uh, hockey fans. You know, I think mm-hmm. if you spoke to them all, they'd all be like, yeah, we're, fly- you know, we're Flyers fans. Yeah, and, right. um, but, uh, you know, any, any cool experiences that kind of came out of that? Uh, hockey related. It was really just, um, as far as the Wonder Years, yeah, they're very casual, but their guitar tech LJ is a big Flyers fan. Oh, awesome. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, he was obviously having a rough time because that tour started in the, like end of that like mm-hmm. long losing streak oh, yeah. of like oh, yeah. 15 was, games or something like brutal. that brutal. oh my god it was so brutal um yeah and aside from that it was really just like i think i am single-handedly like bringing the entire safe face crew around on hockey right like everybody like tyler is a devs fan and like mm-hmm. kent is a sharks fan so that sure. already exists but like okay. it was me every day like getting my nhl notifications being like guys we have triple hockey tonight like all of our teams that. were playing and mm-hmm. so that that was always really fun like we would watch games in green rooms or whatever um love that which is really great yeah um the, the one really fun hockey related thing that happened to me we were in houston and I like, we had just like parked the van and I like ran inside cause I really had to pee or something. And the, mm-hmm. one of the like stage hands, I was like wearing one of my jackets jerseys and he's like, Oh, jackets fan. And I was like, <laughs> like, sorry. And he's like, Oh, you just don't really see those. I was like, ow, man. Wow. What a jerk. <laughs> like, <"Ouch." laughs> uh, he was, he was chill. But then I found out he was a Vegas fan and I was like, oh, okay. Sh-. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's I mean, you know, it's 
it's funny to to talk about you know Knights fans and and even you know even Kraken fans, right? It's just right. you know kind of for some people it's definitely a flavor of the week sort of thing, but for yeah. some people uh, and and you know like give it to Vegas for what it's worth. I mean, you know that that area um, has had almost very very little in in the way of professional sports in general yeah at all let yeah. alone let alone hockey right i mean right you know and the, and the you know the poor franchise in phoenix is just kind of mm-hmm. on its uh oh on its God. last legs unfortunately last leg. yeah Ooh. and 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 that's a tough thing you know it's um it's rough to to think about right because when you look at like a, a franchise like that like the the coyotes and like you know would they be better off if you know they put another franchise in quebec or you know would yeah. they be better off if they you give Kansas city a team or something like that. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But you know, at the end of the day, it's always sad to see um, franchises come and go. And I mean, it's more prevalent. I feel like in hockey than anything else. I mean, you know, totally. in the, in the nineties, the nineties alone, well actually yeah, into the two thousands, but I mean, you lost the Hartford whalers, you lost the Atlanta mm-hmm. thrashers, you know, so it's thrashers, like, like best like name for a team ever. Also oh, like yeah. such great branding, such a oh, shame. So, I know <laughs> it really is. And, and yeah. it's, you know, I tough think markets, it would work but, now. I, yeah, honestly, oh yeah. I think if they brought the Thrashers into Atlanta now mm-hmm. in 2022, yeah. oh yeah, it would way, be a way bigger thing. A oh, way yeah. bigger thing, and I think that the the city would definitely embrace it more totally. as like because they've embraced that you know the the MLS soccer team that's coming. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I, I feel like hockey and soccer share similar fans. So like, yeah, no, I I, it, I think they're it kind totally of like the work. younger brother professional sports you know like yeah nhl and mls are like their buddies you know yeah oh yeah they, they kind of you know it's you kind of have to be like you know almost in that space where you've got you know major league baseball who've been around for I don't know, 175 years or some nonsense right? and yeah. then the nfl and the N- nba that are you know complete juggernauts in the space right. um yeah. you know and i mean it, you know it was even that way on uh, you know up until now at least you know now that espn kind of has a stake in the nhl but before that mm-hmm after the lockout, like you wouldn't be caught dead um, talking about hockey on, uh, right. on, e- on ESPN. It's just like, yeah, they'd rather, they'd rather talk about LeBron's shoelaces than talk about the trip, <laughs> right. the triple, the triple OT game six win, you know? So, yeah, but right. I get it, you know, it's, it's a tough gig, but, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I think with um, Nashville, you know, the, the Preds franchise just coming up and even, even, you know, yeah. in Florida with between the bolts and, and the cats, I mean, the, you know, the Panthers are perennially other than that, you know, kind of run they had in the 90s with John Van Beesbrook and Scott Mellenby. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. nobody really cared about the Panthers. And now the Panthers are on this just in, enormous run. And yeah, uh, yeah. all of a sudden people are just flocking. So you, you, yeah. you love to see it. You do. I mean, yeah. any time that the NHL gets its uh, its due, I, I kind of love it. So, uh, yeah. but cool. So let, let's talk a little bit about uh, another kill for the highlight reel, right? So, cool. um, you know, that record came out last year. I, I think it was like end of October yeah, um, yeah, sort of Halloween. deal. And uh yeah, and that was your your first uh, first on on Epitaph. Was that correct? Mm-hmm. I awesome. wait. Was Merci on Epitaph? I wasn't in the band for Merci. I think it might have. I think they might have done the re-release of it. Yeah, know. that that would probably make sense. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I and that's like a big thing with you know. It's, yeah. You have a back catalog. They they all want it, but right. so but um, I mean, another kill for the highlight reel is really kind of something something else. I mean, like yeah, just the way it was composed, the way it was built, um, and just knowing that um. You know, I mean, you know, you, you've got a, a you know a, a front man essentially in the band, uh, you know, mm-hmm. who's kind of like taking point on everything, and just has this vision, and the way it's executed is really just, um, 
you know, something else. It's kind of something you really don't often see. Uh, yeah. So um, I, I just would love to hear about how the relationship with Epitaph blossomed and, you know, kind of what the experience was like, uh, you know, re releasing a, a record on a label that like, you know, has been around for so long and has held, you know, esteemed bands on it and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Honestly, it was just like, uh, you know, we were doing the album and they were like, okay, you're doing the album. Here's money to do the album. And then, you know, we made it and we're like, please like this, you know, like once we did all the, the like demos and stuff, they were mm -hmm. very excited about it, which was super affirming. Right. Awesome. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, once we had like the, once we actually went and tracked it and did the whole thing, mm -hmm. they were like doubly stoked on it. I was like, okay, you're, you're down with this, like, this awesome. like 2000s emo revival let's go yeah, sure. <laughs> sure um so they they like really backed it which was like you know it it's not like it's su surprising sometimes because I, I think a lot of bands will get on labels which is you know it's great it's great opportunity just having mm -hmm. the name backing you right but oftentimes yeah. bands will get on these labels and then like they actually don't get the next release that they do pushed by that label as well. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of reasons why that happens, right? But it's very affirming to be the release that gets really pushed, you know, especially as like a new band on the label, like trying to kind of like make a name with, within the fans, like just of that label alone. Cause yeah. you know, we see the things that like on the Epitaph, like YouTube channel, like the comments about us, they're very polar, like polarizing. <laughs> like, oh, I yeah, yeah. I, I, I can understand that. But like, you know, the funny thing about Epitaph is like Epitaph is a very it's a very different entity, you know, right now. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, because when you when you think about, you know, at least when I think about Epitaph, right, I think of like, you know, the mid to late 90s where a lot of it was just like it was punk and it was melodic mm -hmm. punk and it was like punk and it was all that. But I mean, like now you look at the the label, right? I mean, you've got this you got Save Face, right? You've got you know, a band like um, uh, Magnolia Park. Well, Magnolia oh, Park, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Love that band. who are uh, our good buddy, good buddies yeah. of ours. But you've got, you know, um, uh, the world is a beautiful place, right? You've got, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I think like uh, Joyce Manor, I think, are still, mm -hmm. I think they're putting out the new record on Epitaph. You've got, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, like uh, pianos become the teeth. So, I mean, like you've got uh, a Teenage Wrist even too. Uh, so you've got yeah. like a lot of these bands who are, like outside of that mold of what you'd mm -hmm. think about epitaph. And I, I can get that, like, you know, music like that, you know, like music like yours or music like, uh, you know, from a band, band like pianos become the teeth could definitely, you know, like rub an epitaph epitaph fan right. the wrong yeah. way. Right. Yeah. But I mean, we, we talk about it all the time, you know, one of our, our, our favorite labels in, in, you know, pure noise records and like another one of our favorite labels and counterintuitive records, mm -hmm. record labels aren't afraid to, like shift away from their mold. Right. Yeah. So, and I, and I think that's an important thing. So, you know, e even, even if fans are kind of having that polarizing effect, do you like, have you felt that epitaph just like as a record label and as like a, like a family have, have kind of welcomed you guys in and given you the freedom to do what you want to do? They've definitely embraced us and given us a lot of like, you know, awesome. creative freedom there, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think it's interesting um, these like, I hesitate to say older labels, but you know, labels that were punk labels when yeah. punk was, you know, the thing, right. The counterculture. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really interesting to see those labels actually like evolve with yeah. like the times. Cause I think, 
it's so easy to just be like, well, this is what we're doing forever. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. yeah, and sure you keep your like label fans or whatever, but like, how do you actually grow and keep a name within like a scene that's constantly changing and growing? Like alternative music can mean a thousand different things now, you know, which is what didn't used to be the case. So I think it's Mm -hmm. it's really like cool to see a, a label like that be very down with like the change and the growth from like a scene that they've supported for a long time, but that is now so different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But I yeah, feel very uh, supported by them. Definitely. Awesome. Yeah. yeah I, I guess, um, you know, it just reminds me of like warp tour, like, you mm-hmm. know, the, the transition that warp tour had to go through, like when they first were starting, it, it was just your, your, your traditional punk bands and, mm-hmm. you know, skate punk bands. And then towards the end, you you had like just all over like I saw Chase Atlantic play the last Warp Tour, right. which is like yeah. the furthest thing from what Warp Tour started as. Yeah. And like you, you just have to you have to kind of just grow and, and be down with you know, and we don't need gatekeepers in this scene. No, like, not we at all. Yeah. So but then uh, we're not it, gonna it's... have any more fun music if if yeah. you gatekeep a sound like nobody's gonna evolve yeah. or change, mm-hmm. you know. And and I think that like that's another wonderful thing about this kind of music, how it's constantly evolving and it doesn't have to be one thing in order to like be alternative or be punk, right? Like, you know, like look at a band like um like Just Friends, right? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. like um, you know, like Sam is a maniac, like he's he's just he's a total, <laughs> yeah. he's a complete sure. maniac. But I mean you know, like the, the kind of music that they're writing, like it, it, like, if you want to talk about genre bending, I mean, like, that's it. I mean, yeah, you know, totally. you, you talk about funk and soul and hip hop and punk and ska and like everything that, that is a part of what just friends is as a collective, but yeah. that's alternative music. It's it, like, you mm-hmm. don't, you don't have to just D beat everything or <laughs> have like a breakdown or have like an eight weight bass drop. And like, you know, like it just, you don't have to do that constantly and i think Mm -hmm. that that's like a really wonderful thing about how this quote-unquote alternative scene has developed um you know into kind of the coming years so um you know i i i definitely embrace that and you know i embrace you know bands like safe face that are willing to kind of take it back 20 years right and kind of play a style of music that um is um is very much something that mikey and i um like grew up with like our formative years you know, 13, 14, 15. I mean, we were, you know, what was that? 2001, 2002, 2003. I mean, we used to have a segment on the show called only 2001 through 2005, where we literally talked about records that came out in that four year period. Cause that's mm-hmm. when we went to high school. Right. But yeah. I mean like that, that stuff like was stuff that like, you know, we like was so, so important to us, you know, like yeah. bands like, uh, you know, like Rufio or like Midtown or yeah. early, no- oh, early November. <laughs> I, I, I love Midtown too. And I'm yeah. super stoked that they're coming back and, and playing yeah, some shows. So cool. Yeah. They are. Uh, and a lot of people forget, like, you know, even though uh, Gabe supporter got, got all, all Hollywood on us, you know, yeah. um, he's a, he's a, he's a Jersey boy, you know? Yeah. He's a Jersey boy through and through. And that's, and that's kind of something I'd love to talk about. So um, I, I know, um, you know, you, you grew up in, you in Ohio, but uh, mm-hmm. like save face, I guess, as a, as a collective is like, they kind of rep Jersey, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'd love to just kind of hear how somebody from Ohio got linked up with, uh, you know, uh, musicians from Jersey. How did that happen? Yeah. 
Um, so it take it back to like 2015, 2016, right? You know, that's like about, uh, I had started touring like a few years before then Tyler had also started touring a few years before that with Safe Face. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. and they came through, like I was living in Columbus at the time, came through Columbus a couple times, whatever my, um, old band, everyone leaves. We were like, uh, you know, trying to do some touring one summer. This was, I think that was 2016 and Safe Face was doing like huge, like 60 day, like mega DIY tour. And so, uh, yeah, we linked up with them for like, I think it was like two weeks of that or something. Um, and, but that's basically how I met Tyler. Like, um, and from there we like, I was like number one Safe Face fan, like <laughs> love that band. Awesome. Um, and then Tyler and I just like, we became very close, like very fast. Um, mm -hmm. And it was always this sort of thing because Safe Face was often like having these like changing members often. I mm -hmm. was like, hey, well, if you ever need a bassist, like hit me up. And then it just like finally like happened, you know, like um, he hit me up back in 2019 and was like, hey, do you want to like do this tour with Just Friends? And I was like, hell yeah, I want to do this tour. Um, yeah. And then like, I'm, I was like, but also like, I'll stick around. Like, <laughs> um, And then, yeah, he was just like, I think we got like a couple shows into that tour and he's like, yeah, you just, you have to be here forever now. <laughs> I, was oh, like, I love okay, that. Cool. And like, um, it, it, in my mind, it, it's like, um, I, I, I find it like, uh, did, was it like a ceremonial passing of the torch? Like instead of like a torch though, you were handed like a red jumpsuit and gloves like <laughs> right. was it yeah. was it was it as theatrical as that where they were like oh. i bestow this upon you <laughs> nah it was just i think years and years of begging and tyler was just like yeah you know what i should just finally let you do this because other people keep leaving this band <laughs> i was like you're never gonna get rid of me no matter how go. hard you try <laughs> yeah, i love that yeah so it's funny though like i i joke a lot that like uh it can't be a coincidence that I joined Safe Face and then we went th into our goth era. Like, that had to have something to do with me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> As a little hell spawn coming in. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. But I rep Jersey hard too. I think I'm like um, by proxy New Jerseyan now. Uh, I, I catch myself getting that like Jersey road rage now. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> rough. Well, yeah. It's funny. I was, um, you know, I was looking through, I guess, some of the some of the press for uh, for another kill, and um, I think Tyler had done an interview talking about um, uh, Jeff from Thursday's feature, you know, oh, on, yeah, on yeah. the on the on the record, and more so. I, I I think if I'm not mistaken, Tyler said like it's more than just like a feature. It's just like we like like this part was for Jeff. Like we wanted oh, Jeff, mm -hmm. and um, you know, that's just like, like a person who. You know, as far as Jersey is concerned, I mean, like, you don't get much more Jersey than that. I mean, than, <laughs> absolutely. Than, than Thursday, and um, I, it's such a shame. I um, I, I you know, Thursday came around, and I ended up missing them, which I, I I'm kind of kicking myself about. Yeah. But um, you know, uh, I'd love to hear like like you know, kind of what that like experience was like in the studio getting uh to you know to like work with with jeff and just you know kind of like i don't know if you got a lot of time to like you know chat with him or anything like that or you know kind of what was that like we actually didn't get to like be with jeff at all like he just gave us uh his oh, part okay. but which is cool i mean like we still like had to talk to him obviously mm -hmm. to, to do that but um it was just kind of crazy like we had that song and uh 
I was just like, yeah, this should be like a feature. And we were just kind of like racking our brains about people. And both of us were kind of like, oh, it'd be really cool if Jeff Rick Rickley could do it. Like, that yeah, right. crazy, right? Yeah. Um, and then like, you know, we were um, talking about it with uh, Brett Romnus, our producer. And mm-hmm. he's like, I'll just call Jeff. We were like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Sometimes it just works out like that, that, you know, it, the beauty of the like, incredibly small world of the music industry yeah. is that like you can mention offhand oh we'd love if this person did that and somebody mm-hmm. you knows like i know that person like i'll make it happen um so yeah it was very cool to keep it keep it super new jersey there we also had this moment on the tour when we were in atlanta we were playing um at the masquerade the same night as like the tour that thursday was jumping on like two or three days later and i was like oh my god if they had been on this date and we could have had Jeff like actually do the feature, do like the, the feature. show. Yeah, <sighs> we were so we were so yeah. upset. <laughs> we we're like we were just a few days late, like this, or a few, few days early rather. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. um, it really it really is a kind of a, a wild thing. Um, so just like to kind of ask a question of of curiosity uh, about that tour. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I'll ask you. Um, mm-hmm. you know both of those records that, you know, the under the, the under the wonder years performed, right. Uh, you know, being, uh, you know, suburbia and, um, and the upsides, right. I mean, they're like two pretty seminal records in like this kind yeah. of new wave of, of pop punk. So, um, you know, I guess, you know, are, are you one of the, the people that kind of felt like a, a strong connection to those records, would you say? So weirdly enough, no. Okay. Um, I like, I went through my like pop punk thing, you know, when I was in high school, like okay. around 2012 to 2014, right? Okay. Yep. Um, and I got in and out of it so fast that I missed the Wonder Years. Okay. Um, sure. And then I actually like, you know, I'd I'd heard a lot of their music. It didn't have any ill will. Didn't like you yeah, know, hate that band at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't actually get really into them until um, the first time I toured with them in mm-hmm. 2017. Okay. Um, which was on the Burst and Decay tour. So totally different from anything else that they like yeah, made. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I like, it was a really fun moment to like go through getting into the Wonder Years in my 20s. Like that was like pretty fun. Um, mm-hmm. And so now it's like, you know, I don't have that like nostalgia for those albums, but sure, I do sure. like love those albums so much and getting oh, yeah. to see those shows like, Cause it's, it's like an absolute marathon, you know, it's a two oh, hour yeah. set, you know, and just seeing how passionate these fans are um, and just getting to like feel that energy in a room. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's nothing like that, you know, like they're such mm-hmm. an important band to so many people. And like, yeah. they are kind of like forefathers of like this era, you know, of exactly. pop punk, emo, whatever For you sure. want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. So just getting to be around that at all was like, just as special as having been into those albums for many yeah. years, you know, for sure. So I, I want to dive into this because, you know, Tom and I are like the target demographic of the wonder years fan base. Like, yeah, I guarantee that when you guys were playing, you were just looking out and seeing a bunch of middle-aged dudes with beer bellies, like <laughs> past their prime. And, you know, for, people our age it's tough to find new music sometimes and like Mm -hmm. we were super passionate super involved in the music scene in the early 2000s and and then you know life happens so like you just don't have the time to to really like invest in new bands but it doesn't mean like that passion 
has went away. It's just like, right. it's hard to do it. And I'm imagining that like you guys probably won over a bunch of like people that are literally just like Tom and I who probably were watching your set and they're like, Oh, this got like some, my chemical romance vibes. Like that was a very important band to me. And like to, to see that like this younger band is like kind of paying homage to that early two thousands emo error. Like I'm sure that you guys were just winning over a ton of middle-aged dudes and, and, and girls that, yeah. <laughs> that kind I mean, of it definitely felt prime. like that. Um, it definitely felt like that. Cause you know, a lot of the sentiment from people was like, Oh my God, like I haven't heard a band that sounds like this since like I was a kid, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, that's so affirming because obviously we all like love that music too. So yeah. it's, it's really nice when people are like, Oh, you're, you're hitting the mark perfectly. Like without mm-hmm. like being too like matchy matchy, you know? Yeah. Um, like, I, I think that, I don't know. It's, it's really nice when, when people are like, Oh, you, you just are, are doing the thing that I like. You're not copying yeah. the thing that I like. Oh yeah. You know? And, um, and, and, that, and that's, yeah, that's something that I, you know, I think is, um, is uh, tough for, for a lot of, um, a lot of musicians because, you know, that's the last thing you want is for someone to be like, Oh, you sound like my chemical romance. It's like, mm, like, do we maybe ha- like have their aesthetic? Do we maybe yeah. write songs that are like, similar in terms of the energy yeah but like do we sound like my chemical romance no no and, and I think, you know i think we do honestly but it's okay. like I, I think like that um that's more of a, a product of us making the thing that we wanted to you know it's yeah like, mm-hmm. it's not us being like oh well we need to do all of these things so that we sound yeah. like this it's us being mm-hmm. like well i like the way this sounds so like let's yeah. do this sound and like let's do this like vocal delivery like this because we mm-hmm. like that you know yeah um and yeah. so getting to sound like a band that you love like that's a compliment like I don't, awesome. i'm like i don't uh I don't care if you say that we sound like a band, but when someone's like, oh, well, you just like tried to do this. Thing. Like, we didn't. We actually oh, really yeah. didn't. <laughs> it just happened. But yeah. you can pull it off. Like, yeah. it's one thing if you try it and then just like fail miserably and like, right. or, or like kind of disrespecting, you know, a band that was so important in the scene. Yeah. But like, you guys pull it off. So it's like, it, 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 we talked with uh, this band Glimmers a couple of episodes ago mm-hmm. and they've like covered Paramore and like, mm-hmm covered it just as well as paramore which is like not even just like the vocal part but like instrumentally like covered it correctly and it's like yeah you know what they did it and they did it well so like you got to respect that people can see when it's genuine and when it's not i think is what it comes down to is like people Mm -hmm. can tell whether you're like trying really hard to be like this thing or if you are like this thing because you like this thing you know I think that that's where the line is drawn. Like people can really see through like faking it. I think, mm-hmm. I think like that's the the thing that a lot of bands like fuck up is like they try too hard to be something that they're not. Oh, yeah. And then mm-hmm. it ends up just falling apart. You know, oh, yeah. you just have to do what you like and then you'll yeah. be the band that you want to be, you know? Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, being, an, being, being an artist, right. means that you're, you're fulfilling your own, you know, creative needs you know yeah and if you, and, and i guess uh, you know if your if your creative needs are you know fulfilled by you know uh, i guess you know having 
influences that are from all over the place and, you know, or specifically one place, like, you know, what, what, what difference really does it make where it comes from as long as it's being delivered in a way that satisfies everyone in the band uh, creatively. And then of course, Mm -hmm. you know, and that will breed people liking it, you know, Mm -hmm. like I kind of feel like if you are trying too hard to manufacture anything, whether it's, you know, uh, emulating something or, or just trying too hard to manufacture music, it's not, it's not going to stick. Right. Because like, it's, you know, it's, it's the same thing with even like, you know, professional sports or anything. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, if somebody doesn't love what they're doing, um, it's going to show in, in how they execute and how they perform. And, 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 and fans are sure as shit going to call it out, you know, because that's, that's what they do. Everybody do. Yeah, everybody, everybody's got a voice and, and that's, and that's what they're, what they're all about. So, uh, before we, um, you know, it's kind of slither into some hockey talk here. I just want to, uh, like really kind of, you know, pull it back to, uh, you know, when you were, you were, you were, we, you know, you were, you were young and, uh, mm-hmm. what really, um, excited you about kind of getting into alternative music? Was there like a particular band or a particular like show that you can remember that really like sparked your love for this type of music and made you decide that okay like this is what I want to do mm-hmm. uh, I can think of like probably two like distinct moments as far as bands it's like I think I heard Everclear I heard so much for the afterglow and like Great record. Love it record. blew my mind as like mm-hmm. as like a tot like a four-year-old or something like that I don't remember exactly mm-hmm. when the album came out but I remember like that that and um like my my dad would play like the goo dolls um so like you know two two great bands that i can remember Mm -hmm. like me and my my brother he's only a year older than me so we're about the same age uh the two of us just like dancing to as like children um and my my dad was like a wrestling coach so he always had like playlists made like cds or like when he got his like first ipod like so his wrestlers would like load on stuff that they were listening to okay and that's how i heard like my chem and hawthorne heights and like devil Wears awesome. prada and like bands yeah, like that sure. um, yeah and like so i i was always kind of around it just like not even very intentionally mm-hmm. um and yeah i always wanted to play i didn't really understand what i wanted to do i think when i realized i wanted to play i just listened to way too much blank uh, for a very long time. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, I like, there was just like one night when I was like 12, um, where my dad and I were looking for something to do. And so he like took me to like a local show and it was awesome. <laughs> and I was just like, it was like a metal core band and like an emo band and like, it's like love a it. good mix bill, you know, like, yeah. Oh yeah. And I was just like, this is like everything that I want to do. Um, Love it. And then, you know, from there we would go to like many shows, you know, up until I could drive myself and then I was going to them alone. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was like so quick from like, you know, knowing that I liked that type of music and then actually seeing people play it, like that blew my mind. Like I was like, Oh, you can just do this and this can be like your life. Um, and now it's like, I, when I think about that, like that moment of being at, well, it used to be the, uh, the house of Crave in Columbus, which was a venue that had a white castle in it. There um, you go. <laughs> very that's weird. a great, that's, um, that's a great name for a venue. Like, yeah. Yeah. like a yeah. white castle burger place or just like, yes. a, like, like it had like a, like a stand, like the bar window was like a white castle. 
Um, <laughs> very strange. It's it not that anymore. Of, wait, so it, it was, was called House of Crave? Yep. Right? Because that's what the like 30 pack is called, yeah, right? Yeah. Like a Crave, crave case. case. Yeah. yeah, man. I get it. That's awesome. Oh God. Tremendous. Yeah. And that place yeah. doesn't exist anymore. I feel like that's a well, gold mine. Well, it's still a it's still a venue. Um, it's called the A and R Bar now. Um, because it's Live Nation now. Um, as they, they all Castle are. Out? They kicked White Castle out, sadly. <laughs> but yeah, and yeah, they I got just, like I... the Impossible Slider now. Like I, I feel know, like it's so good. Yeah, I feel like that totally It'd be great. Would be the tar like the target demographic yeah to have punks a, like, would love it like... drunk punks in a white castle are you kidding yeah, me absolutely oh yeah. no, no like you'd, you'd make Let's money hand, that. hand over that's, fist that's yeah. like the best idea i've ever heard and i'm just gonna <laughs> steal it now yeah there you go uh, listen we if we if we do it at, if we do it at wills we could we could we could oh god we can then probably only fit like a hundred people inside of it uh awesome i'm all for it I think that's great. Um, I wish there was a House of Crave. The only thing I ever remember was there was this venue on Long Island that had like a uh, pizza oven in it, which was super oh, cool. Nice. Um, I, you ever did you ever go to 89 North, Mikey and Patchock? No, no. Yeah, p pizza oven in it. It was great. They had a great pizza, good buffalo chicken. Was it a slice. pizza dungeon? Because I it, I love a pizza dungeon venue. Uh, it was it was not a dungeon. I, I wish it was a dungeon. It was like very much like a like a venue that like probably shouldn't have had like alternative shows like it was probably built for like <laughs> yeah. much different like it was like really yeah. nice and like so, had like, a big shows probably yeah but <laughs> yeah. for some reason like i saw a citizen play there and turn oh, nice. and i don't cool. know it was great it was a great time but um Hold you on. know before you go where you're going what? is is pizza dungeon a thing like uh, because <laughs> i've been to one and i didn't like like I went to this underground pizza place in this old city that I lived in, Troy, New York, and it was like my favorite like pizza place that no one knew about. And I guess that would be a pizza dungeon. And I didn't yeah. even know that that's like a term. It's kind of a I don't know if it's like a real thing. It's definitely a thing that people from Columbus reference a lot now because we had shows or still have shows in uh, this place called Donato's in their basement. Um and so that was like the punk venue. It's like a, you know, 150 cap or something like that. I love that. Um, I love and we that. always called that pizza dungeon. But there are all these venues across the U.S. that are just basement pizza joints. Like there's one in Louisville called Spinelli's that is like legendary and like, you know. How has, crazy is that? Yeah, it's, so cool. it's, it's wild. Like the, there's, I don't know, there was like this viral photo um, on Tumblr way back when that is it's like a pizza warmer and it's got like a label on it that says, please do not mosh into the pizza warmer. And that's from Spinelli's in Louisville <laughs> because they would have hardcore shows mostly uh, like knock loose played there like hella times. Cause you know, they're from around those parts. And like, yeah, of course. Um, so I think that the pizza dungeon has become this, this like very uh, like warm place in my heart. But, and I think probably a lot of other people too. It's like, there's just something about going into a basement pizza place and seeing a punk show, you know, like it feels oh, yeah. very right in the world, you know. I remember it smells so yeah. good and uh, probably, gross yeah. at the same time. Oh yeah, it's mm -hmm. probably probably horrendous. And then like, <laughs> you know, add on that all like the stale beer, and it's yep. just like, it's just like a, a, a safe haven for everyone. Yeah. I remember one one time, I was at a warp tour or something. I, I was seeing every time I die, and. uh uh, the only reason I can think about this is because I think he asked for like a slice of pizza or something, but he was like, he was like about to introduce board stiff, which if you're familiar with the song, it's like kind of yeah. got very like, you know, sort of like 
two steppy sort of circle pit vibes. Mm-hmm. He was like, I want I want you guys to circle pit over to the this pizza stand. I want you to circle pit me a pizza. I want you to circle pit it back to me. And it was oh just God. like it's just Keith being Keith, man. It was just it's it was just so great funny. stuff. I, I you know, it's that's one of the one of the saddest things seeing seeing that band dissolve, but that's yeah. another oh God. another story for another time. Yeah. But uh before we jump into talking some talking some blue jackets. Um, I do want to tell everyone about our sponsor and our sponsor is DraftKings and um, DraftKings uh, is, is really awesome. And, you know, now that, you know, we are kind of what, maybe two or three weeks at most, maybe, maybe four away from the playoffs. uh, You know, you can feel the action on the ice like you've never done. And that's with DraftKings Sportsbook. So they're the official sports betting partner of the NHL. And right now, all new customers can bet just one dollar on any team to win, and they get hundred and fifty dollars in free bets. So there's like hundred and fifty to one odds. That's fantastic. You can't beat that. If sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play for free for thousands of dollars with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. So draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie, rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and a bunch more. And as always, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your money whenever you want. So go and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. If you haven't done it already, um, shame on you, you know, because we've been telling you to do it for like 60 episodes. And we've also been telling you to use that promo code THPN. That would be for the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN. You bet just $1 on any NHL team. And you get $150 in free bets. I mean, you can't beat that. That's super cool. So, again, that's code THPN, and that's at DraftKings Sportsbook, and they are the official sports betting partner of the NHL. You remember, you got to be 21 years or older. Restrictions apply. And check out our show notes for details, disclaimers, and all that fun stuff. But go do it. You know, every time you go download the DraftKings, you know, app every anytime you do anything with DraftKings daily fantasy helps us out you know uh we you know we need money for stuff we need money to you know do bar down breakdown stuff hockey's expensive like a music festival and paying 12 bands so (laughs) yeah we do need money (laughs) so you know go go click you know even if you don't like it i and i don't know what to tell you but you, you at least you tried um so yeah Awesome. So yeah, we're we're still we're still chilling with RB. Uh, so don't think don't think don't think they left. They're still here. <laughs> I'm still here. Still chilling hard. <laughs> and as far as chilling hard is concerned, uh, let's talk uh, chilling on the ice. Let's talk a little bit of uh, Blue Jackets hockey. So um, would love to kind of hear how you uh, you know first got into hockey. Um, you know, and uh, kind of what drew you to the sport. And, you know, a little bit of kind of your young fandom, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's, it's weird because I, I, I like was kind of, I wasn't really into hockey. You know, I was like a child uh, before the Blue Jackets were a thing, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, like I would see the, the here and there games if I, my parents were watching sports for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, the Jackets came around. And my stepdad actually worked for Nationwide. So mm, okay. that's, you know, our arena. So sure. we were able to, like, go to some games um, when I was a kid. And it was, like, it was, like, immediate for me. Like, I, I went to my first Jackets game and I was just, like, this is my personality forever now. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and uh, that, you know, kind of continued to be the case. Like, I always wanted to play, but when I was a kid, there wasn't like a, a girls league, uh, which was a huge bummer. Like, mm-hmm. and, and now there is, which is awesome, you know, yeah. but like I, we used to go ice skating at, there's all the ice rinks in Columbus are called chillers. We went, uh, we would go ice skating at the chiller and I like always, you would see like these hockey teams practicing in there and like so cool. I was like, I want to do that, you know, whatever. Uh, and they were always like, oh, well you can't, but you should try figure skating. And I'd be like, get out of here. I don't want to figure skate. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, just Jack has just became like my, my thing, like in a really big way. Um, so go to games a ton as a kid. And then when I got into high school, I, um, you know, finally found those people who were also into it. And like our, um, our band directors were season ticket holders. So like anytime that they couldn't go, they would like pass off tickets to us. And uh, that's great. So we we had like a little crew that would go. Um, and oh my gosh, so much fun. Like those, the first, like, I I don't know if this is the same for y'all, but there's something very specific about the first game you go to, like without your parents or without like adults. Um, because that's I think that's what brings out like the animal in you right <laughs> I feel like that's when I started I to like mine. really chirp and stuff you know <laughs> like uh yeah <laughs> something about it but it's uh I don't know it's it's weird to like think back to to like being yeah. a kid surrounded by that and I, I think like so quickly um the jackets just became such like a fixture in the city like because Columbus just really wants anything to be excited about um and you know we had just gotten the the crew the soccer team like a few years prior so like having the two of those in the city because it's like you can't have a um professional football team in Columbus because OSU is too big of an entity yeah I was just gonna say yeah Yeah. like nobody will give a fuck about anything but the Buckeyes so the fact that we have Mm -hmm. like a cool hockey team and a cool soccer team like people are really down to like be fans you know um Love that. so it like really quickly became like such a hockey town which is it was very strange like i don't know like it doesn't seem like a place that would be but you know everybody just wants that community and like mm-hmm. there's just there's something super like especially as such an underdog team like there's something electric about like being oh, yeah. you know when things are going good you know for sure um and and when they're going bad honestly like everybody's just like so supportive i think like we just have such pride for the city and for our team you know yeah uh, and that's yeah, something i've like, always felt really blessed by yeah for sure I, you know like again we talked about a little you know, a little bit earlier in the episode but you know all of these you know quote unquote B markets, you know, what you would have yeah. thought to be B markets for hockey, you know, Nashville, Columbus, Tampa Bay, uh, Vegas, um, you know, um, uh, even, um, you can't I call mean, Vegas a B market like for hockey. It? It's for a hockey, desert, it's man. A desert. Yeah. There's, there's no natural ice there ever. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but I even like, I, but you know, like, it's funny to even think about like, you know, all of these like markets that are pervaded by other sports and especially uh, like, again, the town like Columbus, that's like, you know, like has one of probably the biggest D one schools. Yeah. Especially, especially for, for college football, like Mm -hmm. that has ever existed. You know, I mean, like you talk about, you know, Ohio state and, and, you know, like Michigan and, you know, like Auburn and Alabama and like, you know, all these places that are like college football until, 
you know, like until death, you know, but you've got this, like, you know, you've got this small contingent of people that are ever growing that are, you know, taking on the, you know, the, the, the blue jackets again as like a community and you got to love that, you Mm -hmm. know, it it really is such a cool thing. But, um, yeah, I, you know, and I, I saw, you know, firsthand I was, uh, you know, my, my wife and I went to Nashville for my birthday a couple of uh, months ago. And I mean, like, we were, we were in town for, you know, just to like have a good time, but it just so happened that we went there, uh, during like what ended up being the first, uh, Titans wildcard game. So, I mean, oh. like, like, like Broadway and Nashville was packed, was absolutely packed, but the chatter that you'd hear, uh, cause, um, I think it was either the night, it might've been the night that they played. I think the Preds were like playing in town. And like people were just like, ah, you know, if the Titans suck, at least, you know, we go see the Preds. And it's just like, <laughs> who the hell like would ever think that that would be something that someone yeah. from Nashville would say? Yeah. Like, yeah, we could just, you know, if the Titans, you know, you know, don't get out of this first round, it's not that big a deal. We'll just, you know, go watch the Preds play. And it's like, wow, you never yeah. could imagine that. So, you know, yeah. thinking about like something, you know, even a couple of people, you know, leaving like, you know, an OSU game devastated and just being like, well, at least we got the jackets tonight. It's like, what? Right. You know, but yeah. again, hell yeah. Whatever, you know, whatever can be pushed towards, you know, making hockey a cool thing. I'm all for it. I am mm-hmm. all for it. So, um, so, you know, kind of stepping forward, you know, kind of to, you know, a- around today's time, right. We, you know, that you've been kind of in your, in your jackets fandom now for some time. Um, you know, like not to hammer away on, you know, like needle on stats or anything, but like, <laughs> it's been, you know, it's been kind of a tumultuous year for, for the jackets as it Absolutely. has been for, for our, our hometown Islanders. Yeah. I feel like we're kind of in the same uh, boat. And to be honest, I, you know, up until what, maybe a month ago, the Islanders weren't even in that boat. They had already, mm-hmm. they had already sunk and somehow, uh, you know, they, they pulled it together, but um, you know, as far as kind of what you think the jackets are going to need to, you know, kind of make that step into contention next year, what are you looking for? I, I've been complaining about this for weeks, actually. There's, there's <laughs> this big fight right now, um, about Patrick Line because he, you know, fell off for a bit, uh, you know, weeks ago for mm-hmm. a, a hot second. Yeah. Um, and everybody's talking about how we need to get line A out of there and get somebody else up there on the top line. I'm like, you, <laughs> like, how are we can't keep being in a rebuild year every single year? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's the issue is that a lot of Jackets fans, they are clamoring for like any new blood to be like excited about. Mm-hmm. And I think on like the rookie side of things, we have a lot to be excited about. You know, we've got like two of the youngest players in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. there's something very special about that. And, and something like getting to see these players become like who they're going to be in the league moving on, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, it's our first year with Brad Larson, who is mm-hmm. great, you know, moving on from torts is wonderful. Um, just, <laughs> just in, from the um, mental health of the players alone, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because that was always like the, the big issue, especially when there weren't, you know, fans uh, because yeah. of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think all we really need is for people to like trust the process of the rebuild, you know, like mm-hmm. I think that um, 
you know, after losing Seth Jones, that was like a huge blow to us and honestly ended up working out because he kind of fell off. Um, mm-hmm. But um, honestly, like we had, like we have a winning season right now. Like obviously that's not going to work out for us as far as like picks are concerned, but like, yeah. you know, that's, that's never <laughs> been the play here. You know, like jackets start losing. They're not like, okay, well let's throw it now for mm-hmm. the sake of getting picks, right? Yeah, it's of course, yeah. It's always been, like, we're going to fight and just see what happens, you know? And mm-hmm. that's how we end up with, like, you know, 6 nothing against the Canes, right? Like, against a team that we should never have beat. Like, on primetime, like, ESPN, like, that was so huge for us. And that's so easily a game that we could have just tossed because we weren't mm-hmm. doing well at the time. Oh, yeah. So I think that just trusting that the next few years will really build uh these lines out to be something special because I think mm-hmm. we just had so much um, changeover, you know, yeah. to where the, you can't get these lines that have like that are gelling, right? You know. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that if we just keep on and just like trust the the plan, right? Like I think mm-hmm. that it will come to fruition. And if we can keep, you know, these young guys like Cole Sillinger, you know, he's fucking unreal for how young he is, you know. Yeah. And if like if we can keep him around, like he's going to be a fucking legend, you know? And I think that we have a few young players like that, that like, if we can just keep kind of fostering that and like allowing these like amazing, like older players, like Jake Voracek to like mm-hmm. help in that regard, you know, I think that we do have a shot, you know, like, <clears throat> it's, it, it's not out of the question for the Jackets yeah. to like have playoff contention, you know, like it's happened. Yeah. Like, like it, it can happen again. I just think that, you know, we've mm-hmm. had, more years than not for this team have been a rebuild year, yeah. right? You know, like, it's, yeah. or the start of a rebuild rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that's tough. And that's really, really tough. Yeah, you, it's you know. tough. Um, but like, you know, I, I know that it was a, another, you know, huge thing for, for Jackets fans last year, uh, you know, and, and I remember when the, the rumors were kind of circling about Felino, you know, potentially making a move. And then, you know, yeah. he, you know, has like, has like the tiniest cup of coffee with uh, the Leafs and then now kind of ends up on the Bruins. But I mean, he was your guy for what, eight or nine years. Very so I mean, long like, time. so like, I, I, and I mean, you know, the Islanders dealt with a similar situation losing Tavares. So like, you mm-hmm. know, kind of what, what was it like using like one, like losing one of your best players? Like, it, it, like, did you have that feeling of dread? Like, Oh my God, like, what are we going to do? Um, like a lot of Islanders fans kind of felt, I, I feel like was like, uh, how could this have happened? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, losing Felino definitely like hurt. It was like a big blow to the fans for sure. Um, Cause you know, you, you get to that point, you get, you know, close to a decade with a guy and mm-hmm. you're, you're like, Oh, that's our guy like forever, you know? Yep. Um, and that's such a nice feeling, you know, to have that. Um, and we had like a similar thing with like Cam Atkinson, you know, and like, losing the two of them was like such a blow you know and so Mm -hmm. now it's like i think people are having a hard time choosing who to be excited about because we're like afraid of abandonment now a little bit um Mm -hmm. which like that's definitely i i definitely feel that in my heart and i think that that is like a huge reason why so many people are like, well, let's just like get rid of, you know, anybody who's like falling off even in slightest, you know, Mm -hmm. they're like, well, let's, let's get rid of them so that we can have somebody who's going to be our guy. Now it's like, you can't keep clamoring for that. You have to build that. Like that's Mm -hmm. what happened with Felino is like, we just over time, like he just became the guy, you know, like it doesn't happen overnight. I think that people 
really like trick themselves in that they're like oh you just you want that that match that's going to happen immediately that's never how it's going to go you know mm-hmm. um but i think that like we have the the potential to have guys like that you know who will stick around forever um yeah. I hope so. <laughs> um, um yeah I, I don't know yeah losing lino is rough it would, and any time that i get to you know see him play now it is still just a treat you know like mm-hmm. um i actually and cam atkinson too like my um partner and i went to jackets flyers uh in columbus like last week yeah. and like the response for cam in the arena is like insane because he's mm-hmm. like you know he's the guy and like he yeah. also still lives in columbus like he loves oh, the wow. city and so that's like that's it's awesome. uh it's it's very bittersweet, you know, yeah, when you see those guys that you love mm-hmm. and who did so much for you, um, and, and seeing them have to fight for someone else. It's like, it's it's hurtful, but it's like you yeah. know, you, at the end of the day, you still want to support these you know incredible athletes that you've had that you have the pleasure of getting to see, regardless of like their team affiliation, you know. Yeah, I I guess I I want to kind of chime in on on just like some of the superstars that you guys have lost over the years, because you're only a couple of years removed from that, like historic upset against Tampa Bay. Oh, and like, you know, that was the best time of my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best and, time to be a fucking Jackets fan. Yeah. And it, it seems like it was so long ago, but it really at the end of the day, wasn't that long no. ago, but it's a completely different team from yeah. that team that upset them. And I guess, you know, I I could speak for Tom and myself, like we have not spent any time in Columbus, but it seems like a very blue collar city that like kind of seems similar to like a Buffalo. Like Mm -hmm, it's not like a place where these, you know, European superstars or Russian superstars like Panarin, for example, Mm -hmm. are going to be like, you know what, my baby, I'm going to (laughs) go live in columbus ohio yeah, and this is where right. i'm gonna live forever and like yeah. when you think about you know nationwide it's now getting to be one of the older buildings in the nhl and i know that probably seems weird to, to you because like yeah it, it must seem like oh we just got the team but right. it's now slowly becoming you know kind of not the state-of-the-art building and it's also like a blue-collar city that's like cold and snowy that's not mm-hmm. like a destination for a professional athlete. So like how, how is like, what's like the chatter about like what the organization can do to keep these players around? Like, cause you're talking about all this young talent. Like it seems like that's the trend. You guys develop all this like young talent. And then, then it they starts leave. to be, <laughs> they become like household names that yeah. everyone in the NHL starts to recognize and then they leave. And then yeah. you guys are like, and and that's what kind of seems like is always going on with the Blue Jackets. And like, like I said, that this is from someone that's on like the outside looking in. Like you're yeah. you're there. Like, what's the talk in Columbus about that? I mean, I I don't even I don't even really know. It's interesting that you like the the blue collar Columbus thing is definitely real. But over the last uh, probably like ten years, it's really becoming like a tech city in, in a lot of ways. Like the, the city is like growing exponentially day by day. Granted, that's not making it a tourist destination, but the things that I've heard at least like from players in Reed Columbus are like way more positive than they have been in the past. Uh, as far as like the, you know, the quality of life, uh, like when you're on the team, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I, I don't even like it's hard to say what would even keep people like that fear of abandonment just tells me like, oh, well, no matter what we do, like people are going to leave. And I'm honestly like, you know, it hurts as a fan to know that like we'll develop these players and then they'll leave. But at the same time, I'm like, if we get to be the team that like turns these kids into legends, like there's something really special about that. And I think that we've Mm -hmm. done that like several times. And I think we're especially doing it now. We have, I think on average, like the youngest team in the league right now. Um, And I think that there's, I don't know, there's something really beautiful about that, you know? So I'm just like, (laughs) it's hard to know, like when you start a a brand new rebuild, right? Like, cause you get complacent after years when you have like your pretty set lineup with like very few changes right so being in this like first season of uh of like a whole new start you know like new coach a bunch of new superstars right like it's hard to say where where do we even go from here you know um Mm -hmm. but i just hope that like we can turn some kids into legends and then they'll stay (laughs) like if we can keep like cole sillinger and like chinnikov for like ever i will be the happiest person alive i think um yeah. Well, one thing that, you know, Travis from No Dice brought up to us when he was on here is the fact that, like, Rick Nash, obviously, like, was your was your guy. He was our yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then he left and, like, mm-hmm. he didn't retire with you guys, but he's back now. Like, he yeah. is involved in the organization, like, lives in Columbus. Mm-hmm. That seems, like, pretty promising to me when he yeah. mentioned yeah. that. Like. You know, that's one thing that because I I also feel like the Islanders are kind of similar to the Blue Jackets. Like Mm -hmm. we got the New York Rangers who are in in the city where Mm -hmm. like the Islanders are out on the island, like in suburbia. Like it's always so hard to compete with that example. Panarin, like we were in that conversation like that. It was between us and the Rangers at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And he picked the Rangers because mm-hmm. it's New York city of course and he Long would, Island. You know? Like you, you can't yeah. compare. Yeah. So like, you know, one thing that the Islanders always had was like, you know, we had those cup years and a lot of those guys that won the cup after they retired stayed on Long Island. Yeah. So like that was always that makes some difference that, that yeah. was very important, you know, Granted, yeah, there were a lot of bad years in between there, but like, you know, when John Tavares got drafted and like was the face of the franchise, mm-hmm. he was always bumping elbows with these guys that won four cups. Like mm-hmm. yeah. they were always around. Yep. Like so like seeing Nash back and being involved with the organization, like that's that's pretty important. So yeah, like hopefully absolutely. he he can convince some some of these young guy younger guys that like you know what columbus is a great place to raise your mm-hmm. family and like stay so yeah i mean because he stayed for so long you know like he he's the best you know um like authority on that right like because he was the guy and it was so hard when he left you know but and it was interesting there's like a such a divide that between people who had bad blood for nash and the people who were just like oh i just miss him you know I was definitely on team bad blood because I just liked yelling. Um, but but then, you know, I when I found out that he was coming back to do, I think he's doing like play coordinator stuff, um, which is awesome. You know, great guy to have on that team. Right. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, he, he could definitely be like a draw for like people who are wanting to like 
you know, learn from somebody like that. You know, I think that having um, those legendary people, you know, to become peers mm -hmm. for your players is like so important. And listen, you know, you can't, can't count out, you know, Jody Shelley, who like definitely, definitely came back to Columbus after yeah. just like bashing brains in for like 10 mm -hmm. years. You yeah. just like, I, I, you, you just have to love a good enforcer story, man. Yeah. It's, oh, just, it's, awesome. just, it's, it's so good. I love it. Uh, I but, saw um, Jody lose Keith like several times. I believe as that. A kid too. I like, believe that. I, I have like distinct memories of that. And it's Dude, so beautiful. You, you want to hear how old I am? I remember going to Syracuse Crunch games when I was in college and Jody Shelley playing for the Crunch. Like, oh my God. That, yeah. That's that, amazing. That was, yeah. And, and then, it shifted over to like Zen and Kanopka and John Morasti and Derek oh, Broussard. Like that yeah. was the team when I, when I was like a senior in college. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Love that. Which also doesn't make sense why like Syracuse was Columbus's affiliate, but yeah, the HL's yeah. weird. <laughs> it is makes really no, weird. Like makes no it's hard sense. to pinpoint that. Yeah, it never really makes a, a ton of sense. And um, and an, another cool fact that I I just looked up now just because I was looking up um, like draft picks and stuff. So it, it ended up being the, the blue jackets who actually drafted Filatov yep. instead mm -hmm. ins and, and like broke every Islanders fans hearts. Like, <laughs> and then we ended up picking Josh Bailey, fucking Josh Bailey. But now, now all these years later, who's Nikita Filatov? Like yeah, that's no true. one knows. And, and, yeah. and, all, but also like who, who is Josh Bailey? I don't know. He's about to play a thousand games. Yeah. I think he oh, scored wow, like really? eight goals. Yeah. That's crazy. He's, he's one of those close. He, I think it's going to happen next season. Yeah. yeah. He's, that thousand sure is a, wild. Yeah. It, it, mm. I, it is. I mean, like the, the, the amount of strain that playing hockey puts on your body, the fact yeah. that there are people that have played a thousand games. I mean, like, I mean, we could go into this for a, a crazy amount of time, but like I was uh, somewhere out to dinner and uh, the Caps Flyers game was on and I saw Ovi score a goal and I'm like, this guy is going to play high level hockey until like he like literally like they're going to slide his slide his coffin onto the <laughs> yeah. ice. Right. Like it's just going to yeah. be like traveling on the ice yeah. and like. And like TJ Oshie is still just going to be like feeding a passes right. to the top yeah, of the circle right? and Ovi just still scoring yeah. from the it's, casket. It's wild. From the it's, it's wild. Yeah. But like that is like, like he's a generational player, man, like generational yeah, hockey player. And it's just wonderful, wonderful to see that kind of stuff. And of course, just knowing that like every time, like he'd go to an all-star game, he'd just get like hammered on vodka, just <laughs> yeah. like, sauntering around like a, like he like he owns the place which essentially uh -huh. i guess he kind of does he does right? you know yeah, <laughs> yeah he, sure does. he really does awesome so um i have one last question for you um and uh, i always like to kind of uh you know throw in a like a little music related question uh just because i'm always curious to hear you know what other people are listening to and enjoying uh but you know um i guess you know it doesn't have to be something that necessarily came out uh this year or last year but like do you have a record that you've been kind of listening to like on repeat ad nauseum that you just like can't get enough of? I know it's putting you on the spot, but. Uh, so I kind of, when it comes to like alt music, I definitely am like an obsessive listener. Mm -hmm. um, like I go back and I listen to uh, Born Without Bones 
albums oh, like back to back over and over right yeah well, so and they also put out that that little ep which is like really cool definitely yeah, the reimagined version of there yeah yeah mm-hmm. that stuff is really cool um but genuinely what i've been listening to the most lately is this new charlie xcx album like i've probably listened to it like a hundred times at this point that's awesome um, which is like really <laughs> yeah it's that's <laughs> definitely like where my head is at lately i think like um whenever I'm like touring a lot or uh, working on a lot of music, I tend to stray away from like listening to alt music that makes um, sense. because I'm like surrounded by it. Yeah, of course. Um, obviously I've been listening to Spanish love songs a bunch <coughs> to prepare for tour yeah. so I can like, you know, get up there. You know? mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I was, I was just going to, uh, we, we were talking about it before and I was just going to make a, like just a little comment about the um, something that I think was so special and interesting about that tour. Right. Mm-hmm. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, so you've got the wonder years, right. Who have essentially been in this space for gosh, what 15 years, I guess, probably even mm-hmm. a little bit longer, um, you know, and they've been like mainstays of this like pop punk revival. Right. So, which is a fantastic thing. Awesome. But so, you know, we were talking about like all the old heads in that, uh, like there, right. That are like yeah. beer bellies and just like so tired and like probably <laughs> came out of mosh retirement when like the wonder years played my last semester and like mm-hmm. are like sitting in the back, just like, <gasps> right. But like, even though Spanish love songs hasn't been around as long and like, they've just really, I guess you could probably say with their latest release have really gained a a tremendous amount of popularity and that's mm-hmm. nothing against, you know, their, their, their last record or their record before that, which have been yeah. fantastic. Right. But that's a band that was specifically geared towards mine and Mikey's generation. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like in a nutshell, like, I mean, so you've got the wonder years who people connected with in their twenties, which is why they're back in their mid thirties. Mm-hmm. You've got Spanish love songs who are a band who people are connecting with now that are in their mid thirties because the content is so real. Then you've got origami angel who for all intents and purposes are literally like, yeah, they're literally like (laughs) a a band that's for like 16 to like 20 year old. And they literally start every set with my, with Minecraft. But, but, but the point I'm making, right. Is like you see origami angel and it doesn't matter how old you are. You're like, holy crap this band rocks and yeah. it turns you into a believer and yeah. all of the and all of the the like kids that are 15 years younger than you turn around and they're like this old guy likes this i i guess that's kind of cool and then yeah. you've got and then you've got save face that are like bringing these kind of like early 2000s vibes right so like let's say you went to the show and had no idea who save face was and no idea who origami angel was right now all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're like man they they hit me in the face immediately with number one like this incredible show in front of me right because I, I mean th- that's the one thing like you could say about save face it's just the show you guys put on is like it, it's it's almost hard to look away from it's We're just psychos. so it's, <laughs> but it's but it's great and it's awesome yeah. I love that I love that shit so you've got a band that kind of brings you back to like how you felt and the music that you loved when you were in your twenties, then you've got a band that the 20 year olds now all love, but now you love them. Then you've got Spanish love songs you connect with, and then you've got the wonder years. So it's literally like soup to nuts, a whole show of like, I'm 35 and I feel okay <laughs> about this. Right. Yeah. 
And I yeah. think that's a wonderful Something for thing. everybody there too, honestly. Yeah, but but on the other side of it is all of the like the younger generation of fans, like they love the Wonder Years because like maybe they got into the Wonder Years with Sister Cities, but then right. they went back and listened to the upsides and was like, oh my god. Which hits for you know? them at their right? age. And way which more. hits for them. And then, yeah. you know, I think so there's brilliance in that. And yeah. I don't know, I don't know who behind the scenes like did all the calculations to figure out how to bring that tour <laughs> together. The <laughs> but how, however they did it, they, they, they hit it on the mark. They really yeah. did just beautiful, beautiful stuff. But, um, but yeah, so, um, you know, just kind of, you know, on that note, I, you know, I really had a blast kind of chatting with you about, you know, the, the record epitaph, I just, I know you guys have, uh, some stuff coming up. Um, what's what's on the kind of horizon for you guys i know that there was a tour that's coming up um with with whom are you guys going out with are you allowed to uh, tell me i don't know oh yeah we're going out with spanish love oh, songs awesome. and camp trash oh um, awesome and, okay yeah, yeah there you go and so that's all of may um and then okay. after that we're just writing we're gonna try to cook up what's next you know nice awesome <laughs> so, awesome yeah great love to hear that awesome cool beans well RB, this really was just a fun conversation. Yeah. And the fact that we got to talk to another Blue Jackets fan is just like <laughs> unbelievable. Like, I really didn't think that that was going to happen. <laughs> there like, aren't many of us, but we're feisty. <laughs> yeah. So, so it might, it might stay at two forever unless like somehow <laughs> like someone from Beartooth becomes like a, a Blue Jackets fan. Right. Cause oh, they're, yeah. From I think, ta- I think right? Taylor from Beartooth is a, a big jackets fan i can't remember listen it's all about creating those connections because like like i said when we first started this we we knew of like four people that were in alternative bands that liked hockey and like one of them was Mm -hmm. in bayside and then (laughs) and then he was like hey uh there's a bunch of other people that dig this like even out in california and we were like no that's that's not true (laughs) and then like you hear about like like you know vigil wearing a fucking king's jersey uh-huh. at every show and you're just like wow this is so sick. this is something else but uh we're totally totally pumped that you took the time to to do this yeah. with us um save face is awesome um if uh you know for people that are out here listening that don't know where to find you guys if you want to just give a quick little social shout we are it. everywhere i think <laughs> all of our socials are save face nj awesome if i'm not mistaken i think that's all cool. of them uh yeah Otherwise, every streaming service, we're all over it. Hell yeah. Love to hear yeah. it. Well, um, super excited for uh, the tour you guys are going on. Super excited for some new music in the, in the future. Um, and uh, definitely super excited. I probably should share with you uh, just because um, my wife does occasionally listen to these. And uh, so my wife's not as big of a music fan as I am. And uh, so I, I dragged her along to this Wonder Year show. And uh, surprisingly, she enjoyed all four of the bands, but uh, she made up names for all of the bands that are playing because she couldn't remember the names of the bands that <laughs> yes, were playing. Please. And your your band name was called Phoebe Bridgers, but Red. <laughs> okay, cool. So I just I, I had to sh- I had to share that with you, and I, I yeah, think she called great. I think she called Origami Angel uh, the the Kinder Twins. <laughs> Because there's two of them. So that was great. Um, uh, after like the first Spanish love songs uh, song happened, and I was like, listen to the lyrics and how like poignant they are. 
she was like, okay, this is the saddest band in America. So they're now called <laughs> saddest band in America. And my wife has forever called the wonder years, the wonder boys. So <laughs> that's awesome. So, it's I think that honestly, might be a better name. I know. And I, you know, I, I can try to appeal to them and their, and right, their heartstrings. strongly worded letter. Yeah. I'll, I'll be like, Hey, change your name to the wonder boys. And also be, be better hockey fans. So you can come on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but Same Hey, for origami angel, we need to yeah. get them on, but they I don't, don't even, I don't even think they, they, they couldn't care less about hockey. If we, now they're if we basketball a, people. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say they told are us that many times yeah. now. Yeah. If we do, if we do have a special episode about Minecraft, I, I think we can, yeah, you could definitely get some. You don't know us. shit about Minecraft, and I definitely that's, don't. That's where you're wrong. Hey, you I can watch know. like five video essays on YouTube and learn everything you it. need to know. You can get it, man. Listen, all you need to know is that there's like actual engineering that goes on in that game. Actual and yeah. en- engineering, like real engineering. So <laughs> get get real with it, Michael. Uh, RV, thank you so much for again yeah. taking the time to do this with us. Uh, we really appreciate you. We hope you have a wonderful, wonderful night. And uh, like I said, we can't wait to see what's kind of on the horizon. And uh, if by some unreal stretch of the imagination, both the Islanders and the Jackets win out and we somehow make it into the playoffs. <laughs> that ain't let's, happening. Let's bro. have another chat. Let's have another chat. But yeah. uh, I think that's happening. But this is not bad on that. Yeah, yeah but. Yeah, we can, we can always go we, on, everyone that's listening. Don't go on DraftKings and bet on that because you are going to lose. Yeah, you're going to lose a go lot on of money. DraftKings. Uh, you can bet on that if you want, because technically uh, one bet gets you $150 in free bets. Uh, let me just go back to the thing I read. Yeah, that's correct. So I I, I know that now. But uh, <laughs> hey, again, thank you so much. We were yeah. super, super pumped to have you. You have a wonderful night. Yeah, and thank uh, you for having th- me. Thanks again for being on. Take care. Yeah, yeah you too.